Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gospel Tech Podcast. I'm really excited for today's conversation. We get to talk about the idea of transparent tech. How do we lovingly keep tech open in our conversations and in line with who we are and what we're called to be, have, and do in Christ? Uh, looking forward to this both as a productive, active conversation and also a way for us to kind of frame in the way we see our technology and we live out the gospel. At the root of this conversation is really the truth that uh, there is no such thing as anonymity when it comes to our lives and our choices, uh, that eventually everything we do and say will be brought to account before God. Uh, and so how do we live in light of that? And how do we really look at that when it comes to how we model our tech, the expectations we have, the support we create, how we address problems with our technology, and the way we help make healthful tech decisions. So that is the core of today's conversation. So with that, let's get started. Welcome to the Gospel Tech Podcast, a resource for parents who are feeling outpaced and overwhelmed as they raise children in a tech world. As an educator, parent, and tech user, I want to equip parents with the tools, resources, and confidence they need to raise kids who love God and use tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gospel Tech. My name is Nathan Sutherland. I'm excited to talk to you today. We are going to be addressing this idea of transparent technology today. I'm very, very excited for this conversation. Uh, I It is going to be a little bit of a bigger conversation, but I'm very excited for it because it's also very valuable. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Gospel Tech is a ministry of Flint and Iron, a nonprofit my wife and I started four years ago. We both taught, uh, Anna taught high school, I taught middle school English. I guess I taught language arts, there is a difference. Uh, and we have stepped out of the classroom and we are doing this full time now as a ministry to help raise uh, families who love God and use tech and to uh, see young people reach their full potential. So those are our goals. Uh, our hope in this conversation is simply to be a ministry to you so that we can equip you with the tools and the information you need in order to have the uh, courage you need to raise kids who love God and use tech. So I hope that that is what this will do for you. If it has been helpful, uh, thank you so much to those of you who have rated and reviewed this podcast. Uh, that helps people find us. I actually have people like, hey, I Googled you and you actually popped up, which has not been the case over the last uh, couple of years. So uh, giving us a review allows Gospel Tech to pop up. It allows people to find us as a resource and then become a, more of a resource. We've been invited onto several other podcasts. Uh, including Dad Tired for fathers out there. It's a great podcast. We got a we got a team with him, uh, which was great, and Made to Rain, uh, which is another awesome one for fathers and for young men, uh, where we talk about what does it look like to love God. So those came specifically because you guys have rated and reviewed uh, and allowed us now to be a part of other people's ministries, which allows their ministries to reach more people and allows us to encourage and challenge more people. So please do rate and review. It does matter. It's a big deal. Uh, we are a nonprofit, so we are literally supported because people like you make time to support us. So thank you for that. Uh, in addition, if you want other resources, you can go to flintandiron.org. Uh, it's uh, under parent resources, we list blog posts and uh, tools that we're making and kind of the projects we're working on as well as podcasts. If you want to know how can we let people know what we're doing here, you can do that through the website. Uh, yeah, and you can email me directly, nathan at flintandiron.org or DM us through social media at Flint and Iron through Instagram or Sparking Purpose at uh, on Facebook. So thank you all for doing that. Uh, I think <clears throat> kind of break the ice a little bit. It's been another crazy week of quarantine. Just a quick update from our end. Uh, we are seeing the spectrum when it comes to uh, possibilities on quarantine. We have, uh, I have a family member who got it. I believe I mentioned that previously, an extended family member who was diagnosed with uh, COVID-19. She's doing well, but she's still dealing with the repercussions where uh, her lungs still need to recover uh, from the, the pneumonia, the double pneumonia she was given. She um, is battling through that bravely and is doing well. We have a a uh, friend who's our age, Anna, my uh, age, <clears throat> in her mid-30s, who uh, is has doesn't have it specifically, but has double pneumonia and not the flu. So they've done the flu test. We're waiting for COVID results. Uh, so that is an adventure. And how do we love them well when you can't be around them? Uh, and how do you help, right? The husband still works. Uh, his work generally isn't done from the home, uh, but they have two young kids. And how do you, how do you kind of support them in that? And then we had a family, uh, a, a family, I guess a friend whose family member 
um, passed this last week from COVID, uh, was an elderly gentleman with other health complications, but it was definitely COVID that, um, that caused him to pass. And so how do we support that family? And how do you uh, be a part of just kind of the brokenness that's there? So much of what we're dealing with isn't just sickness. It's the isolation that comes with it. Uh, people can't be around his spouse. He doesn't get a funeral. Uh, how do we mourn with that family and how do we grieve with them and recognize that, uh, uh, yeah, that there is a lot of other things we can do to support and help. So that's kind of been us on our side. We are praying in, uh, for you guys and all the families who hear this, that you are encouraged and, and healthful. And if you are um, not healthy, that uh, that uh, you will be met in that space of need. Uh, we pray for healing, but we also pray uh, that and despite the physical conflicts we run into, that you would be encouraged and that you would be met with people that can love you well. And if you are well, that you can love other people who might be struggling, because I feel like part of the hard part is even knowing who is struggling right now and how can we support and love them well. So uh, on the on the family side of it, though, <laughs> it's been a little bit lighter. Our six-year-old did a Zoom Lego play date with a cousin this week. So his cousin Remington is eight and Owen is six. <clears throat> And so they they met up, set up laptops, they played Legos. We did like a a Lego challenge sheet. So each day there's a different like build, like oh today build a boat that floats, today build a pool, right? Today build a castle, like whatever whatever the thing is for the day. So uh, they they literally just played together, uh, which was adorable. Uh, I don't think I would ever say that to Owen that I found it adorable. He's already embarrassed by that kind of stuff, but it was really cool to watch. At one point, Owen was downstairs. It had been about an hour, and. Uh, I was like, oh, bud, how was your time with Remington? He's like, we're still on it. We're just taking a snack break. So they, he grabbed snacks and like ran upstairs. And like as he's thumping up the stairs, I can hear, Remington, I'm coming. I grabbed a snack, right? And he's running upstairs to his uh, little Lego area. And that was super cool to watch as uh, he just loves that relationship with his cousin, but also got to like do some face-to-face time uh, and dumped 90 minutes into literally just it's just FaceTime. There was no fanciness and they just showed each other what they were making and like talked like little men do. Uh, it was adorable. So then my four-year-old's loving having his older brother at home. Henry, uh, I've tried to describe him accurately previously. He is, I mean, full of energy, loves being with people. Like that is his number one. Uh, so he loves having his brother home, adores Owen. Uh, but he's like part house elf. Like he has this very special magic. Like he can make anybody smile. He can get engaged in any group. Like he's just very comfortable in his skin. But it's like 50-50 whether he uses his powers for good or for awesome. And uh, we've been seeing the second part of that. He definitely starts to uh, cause some mischief around the house and just he's like a velociraptor from jurassic park like he's gonna throw himself against the electric fence to see if it's still on and if it's not like you don't notice until it's well too late so we've had some mischief happen this week uh where we just weren't on our game and he he did some stuff where we're like oh man henry this is gonna be (laughs) this is gonna be an adventure but it has been cool to be at least home to see some of that uh and hadley Man, Hadley is in her own, people. She has a voice now. She will let you know what she does and doesn't like. Namely, if dad walks through a room and does not pick her up, very dissatisfactory. Uh, So she has uh she has learned to crawl over to me and she does this banshee scream slash squawk thing and then she like slaps me in the leg until i pick her up uh so that's it's been it's been fun so i'm already saving for a pony is what i'm trying to say it is uh it's a real thing that is only getting more and more real as she gets up but it is it is fun to watch her as she grows and as she uh just has this amazing joy about her and so that's been fun COVID has not stopped that joy uh, it has certainly added the weight of not seeing people and uh, not being able to celebrate birthdays and um, to mourn with them and just hard stuff, work stuff, right? Like not all all of it is people getting sick, but there's just life things happening. People are going through tough marriage stuff and getting stuck in the same room with the person for entire days at a time is not helping. So uh, <clears throat> COVID has been good. We, we are, um, ca- school's been canceled for the rest of the year as it is in m- many areas now around the nation. Uh, And that is just a growing part of what we're doing. So we are homeschooling, uh, but Owen misses his friends. And I think that is the biggest part for us is how do we, how do we continue to remain connected uh, to the church body and to people uh, that we can love and serve uh, in a meaningful way. So uh, that's, that's where we are at. And I hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, Today's conversation of tech transparency 
to be fully transparent, actually comes from a group, uh, it comes from the idea of a transparent marriage, which was brought up by Ryan and Selena Frederick of Fierce Marriage. If you don't follow them, please go look them up. Uh, subscribe to their podcast, follow them on social media. They produce some amazing and encouraging content. Uh, Fierce Marriage is really about, if I were to use their tagline, about having a fierce tenacity uh, for each other that never gives in and never gives up. Uh, And this idea that we are simply, when we do that, we're simply replicating what God's love looks like for us. And we're extending that to our spouse and they're very marriage centric. But they talk about a transparent marriage, that you need to be open with your spouse, that you've committed to that. Uh, And Anne and I were listening to that. We're like, you know what? Like, we need that with technology. Like, we need to have transparent tech. This idea that uh, we can go on the internet and do whatever we want or be whoever we want, say whatever we want, and that this somehow is disjointed or disconnected from uh, the rest of our lives, from our hearts, souls, minds, uh, that we are to be loving God with is just a lie. Like, that's it's a fabrication. Uh, so let's get this out of the way. When you're on the internet with billions of other people, you do not become anonymous, even if you take steps to be so. Uh, anonymity is a lie. We are aware of that. Uh, There is no such thing as actual privacy or uh, being anonymous on the internet in modern tech, right? That's just not the case. We've seen too many rich people, famous people, people who should know better, smart people, say things or do things online that very quickly reach the eyes and ears of others, right? Sometimes it just comes to our own devices thanks to the news media. Um, So we just need to recognize that as individuals, that is a lie that anonymity is something that can be gained online. Furthermore, Uh, Jesus makes it really clear that nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. This comes out of Luke 13, 2. Uh, And if that's not clear enough, he actually goes on in the next verse says, Therefore, whatever you've said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and that you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the rooftops. This is from Luke 13, 13. What is he saying? He's saying that our hearts are going to be made known. Yes, in an internal sense of there will come a day where everything we say and think is going to be held uh, before our Lord and King, and we're going to be given an account for that. Like there is a reality to that. But there's also a very real world right now, tangible reality of there are no secrets anymore. Like if you ever thought you'd at least be able to die with your secrets, like that's no longer the case. And even if you do, People will find out, people will know, and it will impact your legacy and your name. So we want to make sure that uh, we are able to give an account for what we're doing, for whose we are, and live in light of that, not out of uh, fear of being caught, but out of uh, respect for what God has done for us and what that should look like. So our, tr- our tech needs to be transparent because that idea of anonymity is an illusion, it's a lie, and believing it sets ourselves up for uh, for trouble and for problems that we don't need to uh, struggle with. It's not to say that privacy in itself is bad. Privacy is great. I'm glad my house has a door on it. I'm glad my walls aren't made out of glass. I'm glad I have a door on my bedroom and bathroom. Like those are good things. But there is a point where privacy um, has a balance. And in technology, with some of the limitless opportunities that come through our technological pursuits, we do want to make sure that there is an, an equal amount of transparency out of love, not out of fear of, man, I need to stop these bad things, but man, I need to help you, especially when we're talking to our kids and spouse, I need to support you in your pursuit of God. Uh, and so that is what I'm going to do. Uh, when it comes to privacy, like I'm really glad in technology that there are some people pushing for privacy. One of the big ones would be uh, privacy from kind of the big companies. So Scott Galloway is a uh, NYU professor and he talked, he wrote a book called The Four. He talks about the four major companies, Facebook, Google, Amazon, and Apple, and talks about basically how these four companies are single-handedly flipping the world on its head. And as they're mostly now all trillion dollar companies, uh, they have a lot of sway, not just in Um, what they're selling us and the impact they have in that, but how they can convince us we want or need the things that they want to sell us. Uh, And so he points out like, hey, have you ever had a conversation with someone about a trip you're going to take or a product that you're thinking of purchasing, but you haven't actually searched the project product, you're just talking, and then gone online later and found ads targeted you for that place or product? That's because they're listening through our microphones, right? Like that is a crazy thing. If the U.S. government did that, we would freak out. But we give rights to a private company that does not have the rules in place that the government does um, and allow them to invade our space and conversations. And uh, this is what Siri and Alexa are doing for us, right? They provide convenience, but convenience comes at a cost of freedom. Uh, Very true in a lot of ways, actually well outside of our consuming habits. Uh, So we want to make sure that we are aware of that. Privacy is important and we do want to protect 
our home and our kids and our minds and our eyes and our ears, right? Privacy can be good. But uh, how we use our privacy and how we help maintain transparency and privacy is important. Here's here's what I, excuse me, here's what I see as some ways we're pursuing it. Uh, often we have private devices. Each of us has a work computer, maybe a personal cell phone. Uh, we use tech in private locations. I'm currently speaking to you from my office. There's a closed door, right? No one else is in here. It is private. Some of us, we use it in our bedroom or uh, just privately on the couch, right? With our with our face towards people and our back towards it. So we're the only one seeing the screen. Uh, many of us access incognito mode. Now, this was invented with this idea of, well, you don't want to be tracked online. So people don't attach, websites don't attach cookies so they can't uh, track your where you're headed and sell you ads, right? Like that's the idea. But it also is a way people try to manage their search history. So certain things don't pop up that might cause questions. Uh, we use things like virtual private networks, VPNs. You'll see those uh, during even like sports commercials when those sports come back. Uh, VPNs are big. They basically fake where your computer's coming from so it's harder f- to be tracked. Uh, it makes it more secure connection. It makes it harder for you to be um, breached as far as like internet attacks, it makes it harder for you to track, but it also provides this idea that you're going out and doing things that won't have any repercussions and that no one will have to know about. Um, so we do want to recognize that as a facet of VPNs and other forms of privacy. Uh, there's also burner accounts, VIP accounts, fake social media accounts, right? Burner accounts being accounts you start and then know that you can get rid of. So people start these either to be more of themselves. They want to be able to just be honest and let it all loose and voice their opinions. So they start these private accounts that they only invite friends to, or vice versa, they want to be more fake. (laughs) And they want to step into a world that it's not really who they want to be full time, but they kind of want to dabble in this. They want to have fun. So they start a a burner account to be able to go and and do things. They can just delete the account and walk away and no one has to be the wiser. Uh, When we look at this, we're not saying that privacy is bad. But there are heart issues tied up with each of those, right? Why and what and how am I going about my privacy? Uh, And is there a spot where it's getting in my way? We're told in the Bible that we're to confess our sins to one another, James 5.16. Well, if I'm confessing my sins to someone, that means I... I don't get the opportunity to also keep it as a secret. Uh, There are things that we're supposed to repent of, and you can't repent without telling someone about it. Repenting between me and God is not exactly the same thing because there's a certain amount of pride that's stopping me. Uh, We're to confess so that others can pray for us and with us and that we are forgiven in that process. So uh, we don't have to confess to anyone who's super spiritual, just to a believer who will help us bring that before God. That's what we're asked to do. It's really an opportunity. It's a gift because it clears our conscience. Uh, I like the Mr. Rogers statement, right? Anything that can be named can be managed. And there is truth in that spiritually, right? When we can state, this is the sin I'm in. This is where I haven't been faithful. I need forgiveness and strength. Like that is where the Holy Spirit meets us. The Holy Spirit does not meet us in, hey, Lord, I know I messed up, but I'm just going to try to do better. And I hope you join me on that mission. Like that is not what the Bible tells us to do. That is not biblical. So our privacy has a has an end point and it ends at our spouse and it ends at our um, people we're in a covenant relationship through the body of Christ as brothers and sisters where we are uh, the church, the church body. So we remember to act out the truth of the gospel, right? That the good news is that we are sinners saved by grace, uh, which means we act out of love because God first loved us. So when we're talking, what does it look like to have transparent tech? We have to understand that, that comes from our understanding of the gospel. Our transparent tech is not so we can have a better police force in our family and we can keep our kids good. I'm just going to tell you now, if you didn't pick up on this already, your kid's not good. Uh, even when they love Jesus, they're not good. Jesus is good and will live in them and through them and you will see fruit come out of that. But your kid is not good. Your kid is a sinner in need of Jesus. You are a sinner in need of Jesus. I am a sinner in need of Jesus. So because we were loved, we can now love others. It's a reaction. It's a working out of something that's already been worked in. First John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. And what does that mean? He first loved us. Well, Romans 5, 8, I love bringing this one up. I'll probably bring it up in every podcast. But we, while we were still sinners, I love this because we just got through Easter here in the month of April. And we recognize that Jesus died on a cross for our sins, not because he had to. It is very clear that he chose to. And he died on that as a, well, I was going to use a big churchy word, uh, as the payment for our sins, as the, our debt. 
And he didn't just pay off the ledger, right? It's not like we went to a bank and we had millions of dollars of debt and they signed it off and said, great, we wrote off your debt. You have no debt, right? Then I walk out of that bank and I'm bankrupt. I have zero dollars, but I'm not in debt. We not only are forgiven, we are made, it says, children of God. We are adopted. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That's the status we now have in the family of God. So it's not just, well, now God magically makes you good. It's you get a new heart, you get a new motivation, and you get the power to live out what God is telling you to do as his children now, which is awesome. So while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why does that matter in this conversation? We don't act out of transparency in order to catch our family members in a lie or in a sin or whatever. We do it out of love. Yeah, we're going to find out about secret sins and we're going to make mistakes, but it's always in this idea of, man, I'm a sinner and I'm loved. I know that you were loved in your sin, so I'm not doing this because I'm mad at you. I'm not disappointed and I, I will love you once you add up to this point. I love you and so I'm taking action on your behalf. God loved us and before we were ever in love with him, He died for, he sent his son, excuse me, God sent his son, Jesus, to die for us, who is God, and then gave us new life with him. So we are now heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That is really important because it's not about fixing people. So if the first part was we do this in love because the second part we were, we were, uh, Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. The third part is it's not about, we're going to have transparent text so that I can control my family or I can even control my own urges. Um, we are to model re- repentance and be humble and love others where they are at. <clears throat> when you look at Jesus, Jesus spoke more about hell, more about sin, more about the need for repentance than anyone else that we have recorded in the Bible. And yet sinners flocked to him, right? They ran to him. Why? Because he gave them the solution to that, a new heart given to them by the Holy Spirit and the work he was doing. This is the gospel, right? The gospel is the good news of that Jesus was proclaiming, hey, all of these rules are good rules, but you're, you cannot keep them. If you've ever tried to do the Old Testament, right, just keep it. It's impossible. At best, you're going to do a really good job and think that you're awesome. You're going to be very proud, proud of how good you're doing, and then you're going to look down on others and go, man, those people need to be more like me because I look like these rules I'm keeping, and that makes me good. Jesus says, no, there's, there's literally no way you can keep these rules well enough for me to be impressed. You have to accept the gift I'm doing. I need to give you a new heart because without that, you're just going to use this for your strength and it's going to become an idol and, a, and, a, and a, uh, a, a wall between you and God's love, right? You need to let me break that down so that I can make you a new creation. So basically, Jesus says this, um, all of our tech mistakes and our missteps all of them, uh, whatever we're doing wrong with technology, overusing it, turning to it for lustful release, turning to it for our business success, turning to it for our identity, turning to it to our, for our joy, escaping it when we should be doing good things, right? We're Jonah and we're buying our, our boat to anywhere but Nineveh, right? Because we're going to go watch Netflix instead of doing that thing that God's asked us to do, asking for repentance, forgiving that person, serving in that way, whatever it is that we are misusing our technology, it is all stemming from believing a lie about our purpose and what will make us whole and happy. It's because at some point we've convinced ourselves, man, if I had enough of, insert the blank, enough of this show, enough free time, enough downtime, enough enjoyment, if I had whatever this thing was, then things would be okay. And then I would know that life was going to be all right and I could love others and I could be the person God wants me to be. Um, And that's a lie. We don't need anything but what God has done for us, indwelled by his Holy Spirit, relational with Jesus, who's interceding for us with the Father. That is what we need. So we are told, all right, all of that is a lie if you believe you're going to get your happiness and satisfaction. How do we know that? Well, generally, it's if I believe I can't go without it. I have to have this, God. I totally trust you in everything, and I need this one thing, right? All right, that may not be an area of trust. Pray about that. Uh, But basically, Jesus says, hey, you're going to hear one of two things. When you step across from this life through the veil face-to-face with God and you give an account for your life, you're only going to hear one of two things. You're going to either hear uh, out of Matthew 25, 23, well done, my good and faithful servant. We're going to hear that or away from me, I never knew you, Matthew 7, 23. These are two accounts that Jesus gives, the, the, the latter, I'll start there, uh, away from me is a bunch of people who show up before God and say, hey, we healed people in your name and we did a bunch of awesome stuff and miracles happened because of us. And he's going to go, yeah, it was be- literally because of you, like you took credit for that and you 
didn't know me, so you don't get to be a part of my kingdom because you're not my children, right? You are your own people and you set up your own kingdom and you happen to manipulate using my name. The name has power, right? God is powerful and I did good works through you, but you're not part of me. Or, well done, my good and faithful servant. I would actually argue that in that one, he's not talking to us, right? He's actually talking to Jesus, the good and faithful servant. When he looks at us, when God looks at us, he doesn't see someone who's following the rules well enough, so we're good and faithful. He's not seeing someone who produced enough fruit, so we're good and faithful. He sees someone who trusts Jesus, who's connected to the vine, and that from that life flowed through us, and we were good and faithful as Jesus is good and faithful. The good and faithful servant is Jesus, the one who bore our sins to the cross faithfully because he was called to, and he did not have his life taken from him, but he gave it up willingly. That's the good and faithful service. Those are our only two options, which means it doesn't come down to, can I make it the rest of my life with never looking at porn, right? We don't look at porn because porn is a lie and it steals the joy and the purpose that we were designed for, right? And in light of that, it's a lot easier to not look at porn. If it's something amazing that I can just do and God will forgive me anyway, it's going to be really hard to make an argument to not do that. Sure, esoteric arguments on human trafficking and rights, all right, but how does that affect me, right? Like it's so easy to forget about other people's suffering unless we recognize, man, I was loved in my sin and brokenness, given brand new life, not so I can follow a bunch of rules better, but because those rules are already done for me, I can now live out of it and I can love and I can have strength and power and I can follow the good and faithful servant. So I go on all of that to remember this. I'm gonna wrap it all up. This comes out of um, Romans 6, 1 through 7. This is the purpose of transparent text is, do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus and we were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we no lo- we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So this is this idea, right? We are living in freedom because of what has already been done for us. This is not, let's go out, fix our tech, be transparent so we can catch all the bad stuff. And if we just fine tooth comb our lives enough, then there will be space for things to bloom because we still have to make our own light and our own hope. And we still have to find the thing to grow, right? Like, no, 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 it's not that. It's we've already been made new. You are already fertile soil. You are already redeemed. No matter what your past is, now there is this choice before you. Are you going to faithfully love others because you've been loved? Right? And out of that, this is where our transparent tech comes from, right? It's going to be done in honesty. It's going to be done in humility. It's going to be done with openness and candor, right? Uh, we are going to have these conversations in a way that's probably going to be fairly embarrassing for us and uh, definitely not feel great about how we are as parents. But that is kind of the point, right, is that we can do this transparently. Here's some facts we know about uh, technology. 95% of teens are online, according to Pew Research. The average teen spends eight hours a day on entertainment tech. This is drool tech. Uh, That's not your... Uh, homework or whatever you're doing for uh, producing and creating. This is all consumption. Uh, That's from Common Sense Media, a national study done in 2019. Uh, It leaves a lot of room for stuff to come up. We see kids deal with bullying. Almost half of young people uh, say they've been bullied online in the last month. And something like 90% of teens, uh, this is a 2016 study, 90% of teens have seen pornography online. Um, This is from Peter and Valkenberg in 2016. I believe that stat is significantly higher now. Uh, We are seeing up to 20% of uh, traffic to pornography websites coming from kids under 10. Uh, 20%, that's one in five, right? Uh, That is important to know because it's out there, right? They're one or two letters away from that stuff popping up when they're using smartphones or internet. So we need our tech to be transparent, not because we're scared of the bad things, but because we have a great hope and we recognize anything that distracts from that hope is something we can address out of love. So the first thing we do for transparent tech is we model right? We see Jesus model what it looks like to love others and to raise up people in the way they should go. He was gentle with the broken and the weak, a smoldering wick he did not snuff out, right? Uh, We can take people in their brokenness and we can model because we are there and we're already loved. The parenting side of this is Proverbs 22.6, raise up your child in the way they should go, that when they are grown, they will not depart from it. So what does it look like to model? Well, we 
tackle some of those big questions like, hey, where does tech go when you get home? And where is tech during our dinner times? And um, what kind of tech are we consuming in front of our kids? And how much time are we spending on it? Uh, and how do we handle our arguments about tech? Like that's an important part of a tech conversation. We're not all going to agree. My wife and I, Anna, and I disagree basically on um, our enjoyment of television. Anna loves television as far as like a nice way to unwind in a day, watch a show or two, uh, really just kind of kind of kick back and relax. And it's her way of kind of letting some steam off at the end of the day. I am not wired that way. It is not enjoyable for me for the most part. I enjoy video games. Video games are my fun. Uh, for some reason, there's a great disconnect when it comes from video games to movies and television. The best way I can describe it is video games. I'm like the one in the movie uh, and a show I'm just watching other people have fun. And it's really not that enjoyable for me. And most of them, frankly, are really stressful. Uh, thank you, Parenthood and any other show that has made me cry. Uh, right? These are These are not entertaining for me. These make me sad and I don't want to spend my free time doing that. So we then have to find, all right, how do we spend our evenings together? Not just go to our separate devices and do our own thing, but how do we live out this loving, transparent conversation in front of our kids of where's tech in our family? Where are our evenings going to be spent? How do we do what we both enjoy, but still grow together as a couple and not just kind of be, we raise kids together and then we do our own thing. Uh, but how do we actually fall more in love? Uh, that would be an important part when we talk about modeling. Then we have to model, or we have to, excuse me, have transparent tech with our expectations. So we need to, excuse me, we need to set up family expectations. Where do we as a family use our tech? When do we use our tech? What is the content? So yes, we're modeling it, but it actually needs to become a conversation that we're having with our kids so that they know, oh, like, I remember, like, this is what mom and dad talked to me about. Like, this isn't me flying blind and just trying to make good decisions. I've seen it modeled and I've talked it out. I've been able to ask my questions, which kids are awesome at this. Kids always will be like, all right, well, if that's true, well, why do you, right? And then they're going to point to something that you and I do. That is specifically what we're telling them not to do. Now, there are some things, right? Maybe there's a game that dad can play that kids can't play or a show that you guys watch. But then there's times where are like, yeah, it's a good point. Like if we believe this is true and that's true for you, then I actually need to change my behavior too. And that's going to be nothing but good, right? You're earning the right to be heard here. You're setting family expectations. Uh, Philippians 4.8 reminds us that there's actually a biblical standard on what we do that it needs to be true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's anything of excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Um, and that is not like a hypothetical standard. Like that's actually what we now live in is that's what we pursue. If it's good in those standards, then it's worth us pursuing. Uh, we're also reminded that our bodies are not our own, that we've been bought with a price, 1 Corinthians 6, 20. So when we have family set expectations, it comes because we recognize because we were first loved, we now love others. And our time is not our own the same way our bodies are not our own, which is what 1 Corinthians is specifically talking about. Our bodies on our own. We can't live just however we want and expect grace to pick up the slack. Like we've been given grace and we have to live out of it now or we're rejecting grace, right? Like that's the way that conversation goes. So we live with transparent expectations built around the truth of the gospel, which then lead us to a support network. How are we going to support those transparent expectations? When our technology uh, is being used rightly, how do we know? And if it's not being used rightly, how do we know? And how do we build in uh, some normalcy to this so that we're not simply coming in and being an external source telling our kids that was right, that was wrong, that was right, that was wrong. We're modeling it ourselves. And then we have a conversation with our children. Now, if you have kids like me, four and six, a lot of it is external. It's uh, me stepping in and reminding. But at four and six, my kids know this was a good decision or a bad decision, right? And I can start with that conversation. Hey, buddy, like what went wrong here, right? Like what was not appropriate about the way you treated your brother there or the way you treated that phone sometimes uh, like yesterday? Uh, I can't have the television on and like try to speak. So I have to like be in the other room. If Anna and I are going to talk, we put them on usually a f the, our phone. We let them watch a show uh, and then we have a conversation, right? Uh, whether it's about setting up our schedule for this week or whatever. So we 
uh, we're having our conversation and then they know when the show's over, they have to turn off the power and walk me the phone, right? Every once in a while, I'll find a selfie on my phone or something that shows like we were not entirely faithful to what we were supposed to do. They know that's wrong. There's a reason they didn't show me the picture or tell me they did it. Uh, And we have that conversation based around that. So how do we support them? Well, the first way would be you do need to make a family uh, contract. You need a family understanding. I don't like the word contract because it sounds like, well, here's the thing I made. You need to agree to it. And it kind of starts that policing again of I'm going to make sure you're good. Uh, Instead, I'm going to support you in pursuing Christ as I'm supporting Christ or as I'm pursuing Christ. Uh, And we are we are all children of God. You're my children. There are rules we're going to have in the family, but under those rules, we're going to have some flexibility, right? For example, uh, I know families where the kids might be super into music and the parents are not. So you need to have a conversation then. You can't just say, well, no music, right? Because I don't like it Uh, or whatever that is, right? If I have something that I enjoy, I can't say you will only use this kind of tech because I like it. We're going to have a conversation. They are people, they are sinners, and we're going to put them before their Lord and Savior and ask them to work out those passions and desires and things so that they line up with their God. And now we're modeling them, teaching them, and supporting them how they should go. If you want support with that, uh, I'm making right now like a pretty version. We're going to call it just a family framework. It is going to be the main outcome of our online curriculum that we're building. Uh, We have six or seven videos done. We have the seventh video that we will be recording, and then this thing's going to go online and go live. Uh, So you will be able to actually walk through this with your own family. There's a lovely PDF workbook that's coming with it, uh, and part of that is this family framework. This framework helps us walk through things like what are the ground rules, uh, what are the time rules, the place rules, the content rules, our priority rules, and our safety rules, right? So we're going to walk through all that in this framework and basically condense it all down to these really simple, easy statements so that we as a family can understand this is what we stand for. Uh, If you want that, you can send me an email, nathan at flintandiron.org. And the reason I'm not just posting it on the internet is it's it's not pretty right now. I don't want this to be like a published Flint and Iron thing, but if you're in the spot where like, I need this tonight, I can't wait a week or two for that f- fancy schmancy version to come out. Like I need this now because my family was already talking about this and we're starting to fight about it rather than fight for one another. And it's, it's has us in an unproductive spot where now it's just hurting feelings and it's not actually developing people into people who can better love God and serve others. So if you need that, email me, Nathan at flintandiron.org. I will send you the, the, unpretty pages version. Uh, it's just text, but it's still good. It's it's the same content. Um, and if you need further support with that, we can communicate about it, but I'd be happy to send that to you. Uh, in addition to a family agreement, we need support. So how do we get that? Programs like Covenant Eyes, uh, which again, parents are tempted to try to, well, we're going to buy Covenant Eyes. We're going to have it block all of these sites. And out of that, I'm going to make my kid good. That's not the way it works. There's basically no evidence that a kid who doesn't want to have a changed heart is going to be stopped at all by any form of accountability, as any school district who's gone with one-to-one devices can tell you. Kids are plenty smart. They can get where they want to go on the internet. So if we're giving them access to it, we are giving them access under the understanding of, we love you, these are our expectations for you, and out of that, you are now going to act accordingly. Uh, (laughs) You are going to act in... Uh, submission to what God asks you to do, have, and be. And we're going to point you back to that standard, not a standard so you don't embarrass me, but a standard so that you can have all that God has planned for you. Covenant Eyes lets us do that because it makes transparent the content that we're engaging. Uh, If you have an Android device, so use a Samsung, uh, use a Google phone, those would be the top two I would tell you to use. Uh, those devices allow you to see whatever comes across the screen. It can come as a text. It can come through a streaming service. It can come through an internet search. It can come uh, through any messaging service or social media platform. Uh, But it will show you what comes up. It'll send you an email. There'll be a blurred out image. uh, And you can then take that and say, hey, this isn't because I'm mad at you. Like, I love you. This is a lie. Uh, what, what's going on here? Because you need to get down to, is this something they're pursuing because they were bored? Is this just an opportunistic thing? Is this something they're doing because they're, um, they're suffering in some other area or way, or they're finding their identity in it? Uh, there does need to be, so that's specifically with pornographic and adult, I wouldn't even say adult content. Cause it's not like adults need to be looking at it. Uh, pornographic content or sexual content. Uh, it also will 
help just kind of follow, like it'll show you some stuff on like what are their searches and things like that. So you can just kind of get a vibe of what they're into uh, purely for conversational. Bark is one that then is another program. It helps us look for word searches. So this is uh, internet safety. So following with strangers and, and kind of creeper predatorial uh, adult situations, uh, but also bullies, um, self-harm and depression and suicidal ideations. Uh, if they're going places on the internet that have a lot of that content, I know sites like Tumblr and uh, other such kind of artsy sites can can drift into some of that angsty and then self-harm and even celebrating some of that uh, where it becomes kind of cool and, and uh, well, just celebrated to, to not go too far into it. But Bark will help recognize that and again, bring the conversation back for love. Circle. Uh, the circle is a device that only works about Wi-Fi, and here's why I'm bringing it up. Because when we are at home, I would argue we should only be using devices uh, that have Wi-Fi. Two reasons. One, they're much more public devices, and two, they are much more accountable and transparent devices, which means if your kid has a cell phone when they go to school, they drop that cell phone in wherever your cell phones go, and now they can use the devices that you have. They can use your Kindle. They can use your um, tablet. They can use your uh, family laptop, right? Whatever their device of choice is, they can certainly use their smartphone. But remember, if if a device has a cell connection, a lot of the accountability goes out the window. Uh, so the transparency here is this lets us see what was visited, what times of day. It lets us set healthful uh, limits and expectations. Again, not so that we can be autocratic and force people into doing what we want, but so that we can be intentional about setting up boundaries that line up with our expectations. So that's the support part. Then we have to be able to tra be transparent about um, the problems we're going to run into. So let's remember, we, we're modeling our expectations. Those are the top two areas of tech transparency. Then we're supporting them intentionally with a framework and with um, some kind of tech accountability, right? You're going to build a moat and you're going to build some walls and you're going to make it difficult to make a bad choice, not because you're loving them because they're good, but because you love them enough to help them not get hurt by some of these things, right? And the last, the, not the last one, the next one then is problems. Uh, we look for those changes. We talked before about a reset. Uh, there's blog posts about this through flintandiron.org slash parent resources. Reset is, does our tech use impact our relationships and responsibilities, our enjoyment, those things that we naturally love to do, our sleep, our emotions, our high highs and lows, right? Are we having big swings because of our interactions with tech and our time? If we see that our reset is impacted, then we, second step here of, of addressing tech problems is then we transparently remove and replace. The remove comes this is directly from Jesus. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it is better to lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. What he is saying here is that even the super important stuff, I've referenced before a friend in college who uh, had a problem with looking at inappropriate content online said, hey, I'm getting rid of my internet. I'm only going to use school internet through the library. And that's going to be a problem because it limits when I can do my work. But it's more important for me to be limited in my schoolwork, which is the full-time dedication. I'm, I'm This kid's in college. So that's what he's there for is schoolwork. I'm going to make that the priority, even though it's inconvenient to do this huge goal I have of graduating from college, because I know that it's a bigger deal that I be faithful with who God's called me to be. That's what we're talking about. We remove anything that stands in the way, right, of who we are called to be in Christ, and we replace it with amazing opportunities and um, chances to connect with people and, and recognize more of our gifts and skills. Uh, there's also a tool for that. Again, not complete yet, but if you write me, I'll, it's basically how do you find gifts? Uh, what is it? It's gifts, interests, and passions, and then how do we turn those into analog adventures? So how do we find kind of tech alternatives uh, that line up that aren't just generic lists we found on Pinterest, but are actually uh, tailored for our kid and our life in this season that we're in? Uh, but this idea of, of I just do want to re re remind us that removing and replacing is focused on loving our kids. So we're doing this in an act of humility. This comes out of James 5.20. It says, whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. 
So we are breaking the power of those lies that our kids are believing. Either the lies that, hey, this is how I get my happiness. I get these people to like me. I view this stuff. I run away to this activity. I find success and adventure in these things online. Um, If we see it impacting their reset, we go, man, those are maybe good things, but you're pursuing them in the wrong way. I'm going to help you now. Taken aside, is this only tech? No, this happens in sports and school and work and anything else, right? Even with our own kids, sometimes we find our identity in our children and we need to repent of that to our children. They're the ones who are going to give us the forgiveness for trying to run their lives and get meaning out of their successes, okay? So maybe that's where God is pushing us. But in technology, we go, all right, we're going to lovingly step in and we are going to help you remove and replace because these are transparent problems and we're going to model our life now on how we can help you be healthy, Uh, which brings us to the decisions part. How do we help our kids make good decisions even when they're not with us? Uh, How do we know how far is too far? If it's not specifically morally wrong, like, yeah, we definitely want to teach them like, hey, like God says, here's the 10 commandments. Do not lie. Like if you are lying to yourself or others about this, that is not acceptable. Do not have any other gods before God. If you are looking to hope and purpose, anything other than what God has called you to do, have, and be, then that is unacceptable. And that is right. Like we're going to do that adultery, murder, any of these things, right? Like, absolutely, those are standards. And then there's some stuff like, it's not bad. Like, it's not, like, there's no law about it. It's just kind of, how do you make a decision on this? And this is what we read, what we view online, what we play. We are reminded that all things um, are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. That let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. First Corinthians 10, 23, that we are actually called to a standard beyond just, well, I'm free to do it because Jesus forgives me. Like there are moral laws where that's not the case, that we are living out of the freedom we're given and we are to live for freedom. It is for freedom we were set free. So do not turn back to the sins of our old way of life, but live in this freedom. That is what faith is, living in the freedom we've been given, not earning freedom in it. We have freedom. So let's live in that. Then there's things we're like, all right, but like, is this okay or not okay? Well, we need to talk that out because it's going to apply actually to the people around us. Now, we're told things like Romans 12, 9, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. All right, that's good. If it's evil, if it's against God, right? If it's getting joy out of hurting others, right? There's some video games. This You'll see this in the reviews that I make through the flintandiron.org. Uh, the video games, right? If it... There's one thing to like, there's games that are basically laser tag, where we're tagging each other, and that was kind of cute and fun. There are also games that then celebrate the way you kill and eliminate opponents, and you get more points and more rewards for more grotesque and creative forms of really sadism. You're getting joy out of the pain and the destruction. That's not okay. Uh, we need to look at then the heart of kind of what we're doing, but there's also this, uh, it, we're challenged in 1 Corinthians that if uh, to think of the weaker brother right? Uh, If so, by your knowledge, a weak person is destroyed, the brother from whom Christ died, thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Saying that two parts there. One, when someone believes something is wrong for them. So for me, this would be video games. I know that in this season of my life, I am not supposed to play video games. It's been eight and a half years. The Lord laid heavily on my heart that I was loving video games. There's a longer story behind that. It might sound weird to you, but I promise it's true. Uh, I pursued video games over all else, including my wife, who's amazing. We were married at the time. My, my master's degree, my teaching, my service to the Lord. Uh, was all submitted under, yeah, but when can I get back to games? It wasn't a time thing. I didn't game very much, but it was a focus. It was a heart thing. God said, you need to give me that if you're going to be able to love me to the mo- the best of your ability. Um, that is where we are at. So for me to play video games would be sin. Well, if I went and played video games, it's sin for me. But if I get someone else who feels the same as me, that this is not okay for them, if I get them to play, now that's two sins. I've now caused that other person to sin, but that's also my responsibility. We have this idea that we are only beholden to God, that I can do whatever I want as long as I'm doing it in a clear conscience. And this is pretty clear that's not true. (laughs) We are beholden to the body of Christ and to building it up to the people that Jesus died for. He didn't just die for us. He died for us while we were still sinners and now has empowered us to live for those other sinners for the good works that God has called us to do, Ephesians 2.10. 
We want to make sure then that that is part of how we are living in light and in humility of having these conversations. The decisions we make need to be transparent. How did we arrive at that conclusion and be flexible with it because it might change, right? I'm not going to say I'll never play another video game. I'm going to say I know for a fact in this season we're eight and a half years in and it's not okay yet, okay? So that's where we are at um, in making our decisions and modeling for our kids. When we think then, well, what does uh, transparent tech look like? We model it. Proverbs 22, 6, we're raising up our kids the way they should go. We're setting those expectations, Philippians 4, 8, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure. We're going to support it in our family intentionally with action, with time, with priority. Luke 13, 3, right? What we do in uh, in secret is going to be proclaimed from the rooftop. So let's support accountability and the reality that there is no anonymity. Um, we're going to address problems, uh, Matthew 5, 29. We're going to cut off hands, cut off uh, uh, gouge out eyes in our lives, things that seem so important and valuable to us, but we also can point to those specifically as the gateways or the distractions that are drawing us away from who we can uh, become in Christ. And finally, our decisions. Uh, we're going to think of others. We're going to model how to do this well. Now, I hope out of this you hear um, some opportunities coming, that you're going to be able to talk to your families, right? This is a chance for us to model what it means to be children of God to our kids, that we are also children of God and we have to follow him humbly. Um, and so I hope that that's, uh, you feel equipped to do that. Um, again, write me Nathan at flintiron.org if you want uh, the family framework or even the, the gifts and adventure guide piece. Uh, and I would love to provide those for you. I want to thank you all for bearing with this longer conversation. I told you at the beginning, it, it might be a longer one. It has been. Uh, I hope it was a helpful one. I really hope uh, that you feel encouraged in this and you can think of someone who would be encouraged by it. Please share it with them. Uh, send them to our website for those resources. Have a message me if they have specific questions. Uh, we are starting to do some tech coaching now where I actually get to meet with families over Zoom. Thank you, internet. Uh, and have conversations about what does it look like to connect the gospel in these hard situations. So let's do that. And as we come out of it, uh, send us your uh, rating and reviews. We would love those. Love, love, love those, which help us re rate, uh, reach others. And we would love to uh, answer questions with you as well. So thank you so much. I hope this has helped you um, love God and use tech. And I look forward to continuing this conversation in the future. Thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a minute to let you know that just like you and your family, Purposely is also part of a family, the Krista Family of Ministries. Krista helps kids and teens learn and grow in their faith at King Schools and Miracle Ranch Camp. And Krista shares Jesus with people in the poorest, most remote places through world concern. Krista Senior Living is a community of love and care, and Krista Media is a place of hope on the radio. God is changing lives through these five ministries, and Krista is on mission to share the good news of Jesus. To learn more, visit Krista.org.